Everyone looked as exhausted as Kaladin felt, but nobody spoke of turning in. He could see why now. Being together, eating rock stew, listening to the quiet chatter while the fire crackled and popped, sending dancing flakes of yellow light into the air. This was more relaxing than sleep could be. Kaladin smiled, leaning back, looking upwards towards the dark sky, the large sapphire moon. Then he closed his eyes, listening. Three more men dead. Malop, Earless Jax, and Narm. Kaladin had failed them, but he and Bridge Four had protected hundreds of others. Hundreds who would have never have to run a bridge again. Would never have to face Parshendi arrows. Would never have to fight again if they didn't want to. More personally, 27 of his friends lived. Partially because of what he'd done. Partially because of their own heroism. 27 men lived. He finally managed to save someone. For now, that was enough. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book one, The Way of Kings. quick spoiler warning for chapters 73, 74, 75. Yeah, you heard me right. 73, 74, 75. Holy crap. We actually are at the end of the book. We only have the epilogue left and that'll be the next episode during our wrap up. But man, we, we've come a long way, Jack and I. So if you haven't read these chapters yet, I would really suggest going back and reading them because you don't want to be spoiled at the end here. And if you are exactly where you're supposed to be, God, please, Stormfather in the sky, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and uh, the rank of captain is the highest rank I'm willing to give him uh, because, you know, the light eyes would have my hide if I went any higher. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Captain Jack. What's up, man? (laughs) Oh, Captain, my captain. Yes. Oh, man, what a moment, eh? What the, a moment! Yeah, and that uh, that th- this chapter here with uh, Dalinar and Kaladin, we, you know, I I was reading it and I was reviewing it and I was thinking, you know, we have these two characters on parallel kind of like lines throughout the whole novel. You know, they're they're experiencing mm-hmm. these two things, Dalinar and Kaladin. They're going through these kind of same motions, and then. Mm-hmm. They finally get to talk, and it lasts for like two seconds on the Shattered Plains. And then they talk again in Sadius's camp, and it only lasts two seconds. He's like, why did you give up the sword for us? And then he explains himself, and he's like, go bring your men to the war camp. But this chapter, we finally get a nice, lengthy conversation between Dalinar mm-hmm. and Kaladin. I like the simple name of the, of the, of the, of the chapter, too, Trust. Yeah. Because that's what kind of both of them were seeking, but especially I find with, with Kaladin yeah. is that he just wants to be able to trust a light eyes right. once and for all, or even on, or not even an, uh, an, a light eyes, just someone just, like looking, just looking anyone, for yeah. anyone. Yeah. I mean, he, it, he was, he was looking for trust in the, in the, uh, Parshendi. Right. He was seeing honor and trust. He's like, 
that's something I could get behind. Right. If they're if if they're going to treat us like that in battle and have their respect. Yeah, it's still. I can get, it's still one of those mind-blowing moments where he's like, I came all the way to the Shattered Plains to find honor and I found it in my enemy. Mm-hmm. It's it's mind-boggling. It's almost yeah. like the, the yeah. realization you have when you see the cover with new eyes and oh, you're like, oh my God, cover. this cover. That cover is going to haunt me forever. <laughs> I love it's it. It's just so cool. It's because it... I assumed... I know I've already covered this, but I, mm-hmm. I assumed that, that, that the, the figure in the forefront... Yeah was the protagonist you're supposed so to I feel you're supposed to i feel like it's just it, it's a mirror like and a, you're su- a just like you're effect. supposed to assume that the alethi that are fighting at the shattered plains are the ones that going to have honor right yeah, and yeah, they don't yeah. have honor it's the yeah. the enemy that seems to have honor so well also I'm, i must add since <clears throat> since we've been guilty of bringing this up before but with a name like trust i i must um I must confess that Prince once again enters into the storm pod because uh, I was just thinking about the song uh, Trust by Prince from the 1989 Batman soundtrack. Oh my goodness. Trust. Who do ya? Oh, you're bringing out a deep cut. Trust. Yeah. This is like this. What makes you a real lover trust? I feel like you've actually somehow brought this pod full circle (laughs) throughout a whole season we started it in like episode seven, I think we made uh, uh, some some Prince jokes, and you brought it all the way back. Wow. Prince is still with us with well trust. Done. Kaladin stands with Dalinar Colon on the staging ground, facing eastward on the shattered plains. Yeah. He, Kaladin had found himself nervous. Freedom bought with a shard blade. Yeah. It seemed impossible. Every... His every life experience taught him to expect a trap. I love that. Like he's literally been bred to expect that this isn't real. This is all about trust, like right. you said. Right. Dare I trust him, he says to Sil. Sil says he's a good man. I've watched him despite that thing he carried. And Kaladin says, that thing? Yeah. The shard blade. What, what do you care about it? I don't know. It just feels wrong to me. I hate it. I'm glad he got rid of it. it. Makes him a better man. This was surprising. I thought um, I, I, I'm I'm interested why she hates it so much. Well, there's a couple of things to talk about here. Um, mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. thing is in italics, mm-hmm. and wrong that is thing. in italics as well. Just seem just it just feels wrong. Yeah. To me. And we know that uh, uh, Syl slowly over the course of this book has remembered who she is and what she is and what kind of Mm -hmm. role she has in all this. Um, But clearly there's still gray spots in her memory because she says, I don't know. And I don't think that at this point now, Syl is going to lie. She's an honor spread. We know this now. She's not going to lie to Cal. She just can't remember right now and as soon as she remembers stuff she tells him right and so there's something going on here that she does not like shard blades for some reason right so yeah. doesn't like uh, doesn't like them I, I i have to i have to note here too it says gnomon the middle moon began to rise mm-hmm. bright and pale blue bathing the horizon in light you know you know what i like the most about the about this moon mm. that it has a name yeah it's nice right I know it's just, it's just, you know, giving these things names, um, makes them into real characters. So 
whenever this moon came out when I was reading, I thought, yeah, you know what? That's right. The, yeah, that that nice colored blue blue moon. Mm-hmm. It does become a character. And it then does, I thought, yeah. like, why can't we have like our moon be named? Yeah, it's it's cool because you we know? um we could <laughs> just call it the moon. Uh, we could call it like Myrtle. Henry. Henry. What's wrong the moon? with Myrtle? Hey Myrtle. <laughs> Myrtle Moon. Hey Myrtle yeah. Moon. Um <laughs> we've this is not the first time Noman has been mentioned in this novel. Um No. We um you know uh, it's referred to as a he, it's referred to as a she. Um it has mm-hmm. like different uh cultures are see it differently. But um it always has a personality anytime it's mentioned by different mm-hmm. cultures. So that's really cool. It is cool. Um Cal starts to think about oh, sorry, um, about the fight against the Parshendi. Right. And he's like, they, they showed him and his men so much honor on that tower a plateau. And then he ended up interfering with the duel that the Shardbearer had against Dalinar. And he's a little bit bothered by it, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's thinking to himself here that he, he'd attacked their champion from a, a cowardly position. Right. And that was weighing heavily on him. Yeah. That that a warrior couldn't worry about who he attacked or how. Survival was the only rule in the battlefield. Well, survival and loyalty and he and he sometimes let wounded enemies live if they weren't a threat. And he'd never been good at doing what a warrior should. Mhm. So that's interesting. Yeah, it is. He's you know, he's done this miraculous amazing thing, saved his men. And he's still having second doubts about how he went about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it has to do with the, like it says at the beginning here where, you know, the Parshendi showed him honor and showed his men honor. Like the Parshendi could have slaughtered Bridge Four, but they stuck to this like, kind of like fighting code that, you know, mm-hmm. you, you uh, Cal seems to be the one to fight. So we'll fight him. We won't really try to pick off their wounded and really kill them. So, and that's what? after... Cal disrespected their whole culture by wearing the bones right. and the carapace yeah, the of, of, their dead. of their dead. And they mm-hmm. still treated him with honor. That's, this is, uh, Cal should yeah. be a little bit bothered by it. I th- I think anyways. Well, I think what, what we're seeing here is him being bothered by it is uh, a display of it's okay to care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, if you were a warrior, the end justifies the means. That's it. Right. Today we won. I will drink happily tonight. I will eat. I will rest. Tomorrow I will I will train again. Mm-hmm. But if your thoughts aren't mulling over the how, right? How did we do this? How did I do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, he, he you say it's uh, it's okay to care. Um, he starts actually thinking about his dad about how, you know, he he brings up that whole ideal is can you kill to protect? You know. Right. And this is a nice is theme a... for him throughout this whole book, right? I like still here. She says, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You acted strangely in battle, Kaladin said, swirling around me. After that, you left. I didn't see much of you. The killing, she said softly. It hurt me. I had to go. Yeah. Yet you're the one who prompted me to go and save Dalinar. You wanted me to return and kill? I know. Tef said the Radiance held to a standard, Kaladin says. He said that there, that by their rules, you shouldn't do terrible things to accomplish great ones. Yet what did I do today? Slaughter Parshendi in order to save Alethi. What of that? They aren't innocent, but neither are we. Not by a faint breeze or a storm wind. 
Mm-hmm. Seal didn't, re- didn't, didn't reply. So what do you think about that? She, she urged him to go save Dalinar, but also didn't, doesn't want him killing people. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, he, he poses to her, you wanted me to return and kill. Right. You wanted me to. And she says, I know. I think, I think Sil is really, um, dealing with the, you know, you, you can't really square the circle. Right. I think that's true. It's, it's, it's the conundrum and she knows that it's a conundrum. Like, yes, I need you to go and, and save Dalinar and yes, I need you to kill. Um, then when asked about it, uh, in terms of, can you kill to protect? She says, I don't know. Right. It gets, I, I want to bring up, um, the second ideal that Cal said mm. when he, be, mm-hmm. uh, when he jumps off the, cha- crosses the chasm, um, mm-hmm. the first ideal is life before death. Strength before weakness, destination, uh, a journey before destination. So this is like kind of like how you see your life and your world around you. But it was told to us before that every knight's radiant order has that as their first ideal. Those three, life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. Mm-hmm. The second and all their ideals are different for each order. And so for Cal, what he says when he, uh, in that moment, when he knows the words, even though he's never been told them before is I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. Themselves. Right. Right. And so the question of, can you protect by killing is a big one because it's kind of baked into this second ideal that makes him a knight radiant. You know, you protect those who cannot protect themselves, Mm -hmm. but do you necessarily need to kill in order to do that? Dramatic pause. Well, I think, I think invariably it, it, um, I think it depends again. I think the, the devil's in the details Mm -hmm. when you're faced with, when you're being surrounded by, um, by a seemingly endless force of Parshendi and you've got Dalinar's forces already taking great losses, Mm -hmm. completely surrounded. Right. In order to protect, um, Dalinar and his men. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately. Yeah. You know? I, I do, I do like that he's struggling with this a little bit because it makes it, it makes it more believable to me that he went out there, yeah. fought men of honor, killed men of honor, and then regrets it afterwards. And I like that, you know, if he were to just brush me it too. off and be like, it's, you know, I'm, I'm the yeah, man, like you exactly. said, you drink at the end of the night. Ah, oh, we're yeah. heroes. Yeah, like, oh, we're the best. Yeah. yeah. So, I kind of like that. He's contemplative the, about what's it. That, what's that team America movie has that sentence. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I don't have the answers, Kaladin. And then he thinks, does anyone? I really like that. Mm-hmm. This is when Dalinar comes up, right? Yeah. So Sil turns to him and says, it's him. Yeah. Dalinar Colin appears, stepping up beside Kaladin. He's carrying a bundle under his arm and he says, I'm sorry to make you meet me so late. I know it's been a long day. Mm-hmm. I doubt I could have slept anyway. Your men are seen to. Yes, Kaladin says quite well, actually. Thank you. They're in an empty barracks uh, for uh, for the bridgemen, which is nice. Dalinar's best surgeons are overseeing them. Um, what do you think of that? That, you know, that bridge four have gone to like, gone from being slaves to being, I guess, I guess freed. 
freed freed now being yeah to now being you know to having their own barracks right and being treated by dalinar's best surgeons like before anybody any other soldiers yeah quite a change but i'll note this later quite a change of what's happening to them but so many things that they had had they've decided not to change right amongst bridge bridge four it's true. We'll yeah, we we get to that a little we'll later. The, the, mm-hmm. Before Dalinar show, uh, they, before they start talking though, there's a, a little part here I want to read. It sure. says he carried a bundle under his arm, and he had a military mm-hmm. air about him, even without mm-hmm. his shard plate on. In fact, yeah. he was more impressive without it. Right. His muscular build his indicated build. that he did not rely on his plate to give him strength, and the neatly pressed uniform indicated a man who understood that others were inspired when their leader took part. I love that. This is exactly yeah. what Dalinar is trying to exude, and Cal gets it right away. Do you know what I mean? Right. We wear mm-hmm. our military uniforms all the time, and even when he was wearing shard plate, he wasn't adorning it with baubles and painting it. It was just straightforward mm-hmm. plain. And Cal yeah. can really respect that, which is it makes these guys instant besties. Come on, they're best friends. <laughs> I wish there was a moment in the Stormlight Archive where Kaladin and Dalinar do the stepbrothers things yeah. and goes, "Did we just become best friends?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are we? Are we besties? Yeah. Yes, I would say so. Um, okay, so uh, Kaladin immediately, without deliberation, has been considered their leader. And I think this is something that Dalinar really notices and um, has great respect for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dalinar says, how many do you suspect will take my offer of purse and freedom? Yeah. And he says, a fair number of my men from other crews will, but I'll wager an even larger number won't. Right. Bridgman don't think of escape or freedom. As for my own crew, they'll insist on doing whatever I do. If I stay, they'll stay. If I go, they'll go. Mm-hmm. And Dalinar says, and, wh- and what will you do? I haven't decided yet. I spoke to my officers, Dalinar says, the ones who survived. They said that you gave orders to them, took <laughs> charge like a light eyes. My son still feels bitter about the way your conversation with him went. And I love Kaladin's response. Very cool. He says, even a fool could see that he wasn't going to be able to get uh, to you. And as for the officers, most were in shock or running ragged or were run ragged. I merely nudged them. Like he's yeah. downplaying what he did. Like what he did is, is motherfucking take command. Like he rolled a yeah. 20 on a persuasion check. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like he commanded these, he got it. He knew exactly what to do, where to mm-hmm. go. Um, and... And sorry, Adeline, but you know, got it, got it. Solved, Adeline got needed it. it. He's gonna. It if the, Adeline is very proud, uh, proud dude, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, if he's gonna feel a certain way about it for a little while, that's way better than everyone being dead. So, it's a good trade-off. Right. right. <laughs> well, he says, uh, "I owe you twice over for my life, and that of my son and my men. You paid that debt." No, Dalinar says. But I've done what I can. He eyes Kaladin, uh, judging him. Yeah. Why Why did your bridge crew come for us? Why really? Why did you give up your shard blade? They hold each other's eyes here and nod. And, and Downer says, fair enough. Yeah. Isn't so that awesome? Right there, right there, they have a total understanding. Just in those just a yeah. couple of sentences. Isn't yeah. that brilliant? I love that. It's great. 
It's almost like why did you really? Come it's like for they, us? you know, we've yeah. been we've been talking about how they've been running parallel to each other the entire time, mm-hmm. and I feel yep. like those two lanes, those two parallel lanes, finally in this moment, they join up into one lane, and they're like, yeah. they're literally on the same path now. They're like, yeah. yeah, we both made those choices because it was was what was right, and they don't even need to say it out loud. They understand that, yeah, we're two. This is this is the co- quote from before from uh, King Teravangian. Two men mm-hmm. with one heart. Mm-hmm. I have an offer for you, Dalinar says. The king and I are about to do something very, very dangerous. <laughs> something that will upset all of the other war camps. <laughs> I like this. Kaladin's response is, congratulations. <laughs> Dalinar smiles faintly. My honor guard has nearly been wiped out. And the men I do have are needed to augment the king's guard. My trust is stretched thin these days. I need someone to protect me and my family. I want you and your men for that job. You want a bunch of bridgemen as bodyguards? Yeah. The elite ones as bodyguards, Dalinar says. Those in your crew, the ones you trained, I want the rest as soldiers for my army. I have heard how well your men fought. You trained them without Sadius's knowing all while running bridges. I'm curious to see what you could do with the right resources. My army is depleted. I'm going to need every man I can get, but everyone I recruit is going to be suspect. Sadius will try to send spies into our camp and traitors, assassins. Elicar thinks we won't last a week. What are you planning? I'm going to take away their games, fully expecting them to react like children losing their favorite toy. These children have armies and shard blades, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And this is what you want me to protect you from? Yes. No quibbling, straightforward. There was much to respect about that. Yeah, Dalinar them, likes again, this guy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's on. You're right. This this is this bromance is. is I love this on. here. So 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 Dalinar makes an offer, which is a crazy offer yeah. here. I want you to be yeah. my personal yeah. honor guard. Right. Right. So the right. Cobalt Guard, which is the the, the group of people that secure, like protect him and his family, are right. depleted, and then those that right. are left over, he needs to protect the king because what he's about to do by becoming high prince of war um, right. is going to make Elokar really, really... Uh, hated. In jeopardy. <laughs> targeted. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be da- sure. in danger, yeah. So, right. um, so he's moving them so over he, there. He needs and those he needs rest new... of the men to augment the honor guard, the, the royal guard, and so, but that leaves him without any protection. So he's, he's asking Bridge 4 yeah. to protect him. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. And so at first but I love I love the response here because Kaladin has yeah. <laughs> all kinds of conditions. Yes. And, and and it's like Kaladin has learned, like, you know what? I have suffered so much and been disappointed so much. I am not gonna tolerate anything that I don't need to or, or have to. If yeah. I if I if, if it's the brass ring, then I'm gonna have you augment that ring. Right. I, you know, like I, I want and, and well, well, we'll we'll get to it. He says, "I'll augment, um, I'll augment Bridge Four to become the honor guard." Kaladin says, "And right. train the rest as, of Spearman uh, Company. Those in the honor guard get paid, um, get paid like it." And Dalinar says, "Of course." And I want to, and I want space to train. The full right of requisition from the quartermasters. I get to set my men's schedule, and we appoint our own sergeants and squad leaders. We don't answer to any light eyes but yourself, your sons, and the king. 
Dalinar raises an eyebrow and he says, that last one is a little irregular. Kaladin says, you want me to guard you and your family? Against the other high princes and their assassins who might infiltrate your army and your officers? Well, I can't be in a position where my light, eye, where any light eyes in the camp can order me around. Now, can I? Talonor says, you have a you point. Have a point. You realize, however, that in doing this, I would essentially be giving you the same authority as a Light Eyes of Fourth Dawn. You'll be in charge of a thousand former bridgemen, a full battalion. And he just says, yes. Yes. Yeah, just simple, yes. And Dalinar says, very well. Consider yourself appointed to the rank of captain. That's as high as I dare appoint a Dark Eyes. If I named you battalion lord, it would cause a whole mess of problems. I'll let it be... I'll let it be known, however, that you're outside the chain of command. You don't order around light eyes of lesser rank than you, and light eyes of higher rank have no authority over you. Kaladin says, all right, but these soldiers I train, I want them assigned to patrolling, not plateau runs. I hear you've had several full battalions hunting bandits, keeping the peace in the outer market, that sort of thing. That's where my men go for one year at least. Easy enough, Dalinar says. You want time to train them before throwing them into battle, I assume. So, yeah, Kaladin says, uh, I killed a lot of Parshendi today. I found myself regretting their deaths. They showed me more honor than most members of my own army have. And I didn't like the feeling. And I want some time mm -hmm. to think about it. The, the bodyguards I trained for you will go out onto the field, but our primary purpose will be protecting you not killing I, I really love this moment jack because like we were talking about this earlier about how he um he's mm -hmm. having doubts about what happened on the battlefield and yeah he found someone with honor who he can express these emotions to you know what i mean yeah like yeah. he he doesn't sit with it he actually talks to delinar about it which is absolutely amazing that he does um, but it has to do with this two paths on the same path now. These two men of one heart, right? They both feel this way. Even Dalinar is like, man, these yeah. Parshendi are honorable. Even on the battlefield, he thought it when he was slaughtering them, right? So, yeah, it's it's trust. He has trust in Dalinar. He has trust in someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I really like. And it. you're right. He can he can finally yeah. express himself. Um, Dalinar says, "All right, though you shouldn't have to worry. I don't plan on being at the front line yeah. anymore." My my role's changing regardless. We have a deal. Kaladin holds out a hand. This is contingent on I love my this. men agreeing. I, me too. Because it's just like, <laughs> after all of that negotiating, Kaladin is still saying, yeah, but you know what? My men also have to agree yeah, to this. Yeah, because so, he, sa he says, um, he says, well. And he says, I, I thought, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like I, I thought you said that they do. I thought you said that they do what you did. And he says, probably. I command them but I don't own them. Right. And having been a former slave, just like an hour beforehand, <laughs> it means a right. lot. Yeah. It, yeah, it's true. I like this moment too here where Dalinar gives him this bundle with the cloak inside. Yeah. It's neat. It's, well, it's the bandana. But. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you want a, you, you want a, a Cal to wear a bandana because it's horrible, horrible scars. Well, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if he could have a bandana that not only went over his scar, but also over his his dark eyes, then problem solved. <laughs> that's a um, <clears throat> you know that's, what? 
That's he a, should give him the royal contacts. I'm going to give you the con. I'm going to let you in on a secret with with the light eyes. Li- They're not actually light eyes. They're just contact. <laughs> We're all dark eyes. We just wear contacts. Contacts are a uh, a fabrial really, that Navani invented. We wear really. They're really. <laughs> They're very thin spheres <laughs> that we wear over our... <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he gives him the cloak. Okay. So this is the cloak I wore today on the in the yes. battle. I, it's yes. been washed and patched. And um, it has like the um, the two glyphs that mm-hmm. make up their family name, Colin, which was really cool. And then he says, each man wear, who mm-hmm. wears my color is of my family in a way. The cloak is a simple gift, I but it's that. one of the few things I can offer that has meaning. I love that so much. He's like inviting him into his yeah. family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I do know. I really like it. I, I, I mean, I mean, Kaladin doesn't really have a family left. Yeah. Right. It's so, true. It's kind of a big deal. Well, he he has a family. They're just really far away. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Accept it with gratitude, Kaladin Stormblessed. Where did you hear that name? Dalinar says, your men. They think very highly of you. And that makes me think very highly of you. Mm-hmm. I need men like you. Like all of you. The whole kingdom needs you. Perhaps Oliver Shar. The true desolation comes. What was that last part? Yeah. Nothing. Please uh, go, go get some rest, Captain. I hope to hear good news from you soon. I like that he starts calling him Captain right away. Yeah, right away. But, eh? uh, that, but that's a total Dunny moment. Yeah, he does. Dalinar like... wears Dunny's to Kaladin. <laughs> the, 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 last, yeah. the true desolation comes. The, the true Sorry, desolation. what was that? Oh, right. nothing. Uh, oh, where's Dunny? Sorry, what was that? <laughs> yeah. He's, oh, nothing. No, I, I meant I was going to have dessert. Uh, I was going to have a d- d- desertification of myself. <laughs> the, the true reservation. <laughs> I, the I true. made reservations at uh, Adeline's favorite wine house tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a song by my favorite band, The Great Shells. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what type of music is The Great Shells? The, what type of It's got to be. Dalinar listens to heavy metal. For, for sure. sure, for sure. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised the, though. Well, oh, sir, you know what? No, because he's he's a duplicity. He's 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 Bruce Wayne. I mean, when he's the Blackthorn, is heavy metal. Right. When it's when he's Dalinar, Dalinar, it's maybe like, it's like a Grateful Dead fish type of band where <laughs> it's like super hippie and like <laughs> we're the great not. shells, bro. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I don't think that so. Was one, I, I I couldn't do it. I couldn't get into no, it. No, me either. wasn't Wasn't my deal. Um, but for those that like it, that's fine. Yeah. Um, Kaladin leaves, so, so he leaves, but Kaladin is like literally stopping in his tracks here and he's like over a thousand men. Yeah. I am now in command of over a thousand men and the largest group that I've ever commanded has been 25. Right. It's a big responsibility. <laughs> it's, it's, that's a big, big change. So he heads back to the barracks and, um. I love this. It seemed the barrack was furnished with a with a uh, bunk and locking chest for each man. It seemed like a palace. Right. He smells the smoke and he finds the men sitting around in the back, around stumps and stones, and they're having rocks stew. Yeah. And this is my highlight, I think, of this chapter is that after everything that Bridge Four has been through, all of their hardships and struggles one thing won't change and that is when we get back from battle or when we survive the end of a day mm-hmm. we're going to sit around and chat and talk 
and eat rock stew. That's great. Like they were it's the great. lowliest of the lowly living on the shattered pl- shattered plains and like a fucking huts and stuff. And they yeah. created this thing just for them. And now that they're mm-hmm. heroes back in like the camp, you know, they're the, 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 the supreme <clears throat> guests of the most powerful man in Roshar and they're still doing the thing that they've always done, which is really cool. What are you doing? Kaladin says, you, you should all be resting. Yeah. It just didn't feel right to go to sleep until we'd had the chance to, well, do this. It's, it's quite fitting that it's Moash, eh? Because he was the one who was against it the most at the beginning. Totally. Yeah. Hard to sleep on a day like this, Gancho says Lopin. Speak for yourself, Scar says. But the stew is worth staying up for, even if he does put rocks in it. <laughs> I do not, rock snaps. <laughs> yeah. Air sick lowlanders. So they've saved a place for Callan. Callan yeah. sits down and um, he's using the cloak as a cushion for his back, gratefully takes a bowl. And then Tef says, we've been talking about you and what the men saw today. Yeah. The things that, that you did. I really like this because it's, it, it does something that, sorry, it, it, does just, it does something that, you know, most stories don't do, right? It doesn't deal with that stuff. This would have maybe saved for the next book or whatever. Like, you know, the men would have whispered yeah. about it for, but like they get straight to it. Listen, we saw what you did. We got to talk about it. I like it. Right. Yeah, it is cool. Um, so at, at Tef saying that, We've uh, been talking about what, sh- what you've done today, what we saw you do. Mm-hmm. Kaladin says, I see his appetite fleeing. Mm-hmm. Did they see him as different, frightening, something to be ostracized as his father had been back in Hearthstone? Or worse yet, something to be worshipped? Right. He looked into their wide eyes and braced himself. So I... I it, again, it speaks so much to Kaladin's character. He doesn't want to be something to be worshipped. Right. He doesn't want the admiration. He doesn't, he doesn't want adulation. Right. But then Dre, he's like, it's amazing. Yeah, Dre, he's like, it was amazing. <laughs> You're one yeah. of the radiants, they say. I, I believe it, even if Tef says that you aren't. Tef says, he isn't yet. Don't you listen? Yeah. Can, can, you, teach me, can you teach me how to do it, Moash says? Yeah. Lopin says, I'll, I'll learn too, Gancho. You know, if you're teaching and all, what, what can you do? How does it feel? Can you fly? Aren't you alarmed by what you saw? <laughs> they all shrug. Calvin says. They're like, man. And they all shrug. <laughs> yeah, it kept, it kept you alive, Gancho. Yeah. The only thing I'd be alarmed about is how irresistible the women would find it. <laughs> Lopin, they'd say, you only have one arm, but I see that you can glow. I think that you should kiss me now. <laughs> Kaladin says, but it's strange and frightening. This is what the Radiants did. Everyone knows they were traitors. Yeah, Moash says, snorting, just like everyone knows that the Light Eyes are chosen by the Almighty to rule and how they've always been noble and just. We're Bridge Four, Scar says. We've been around. We've lived in the Krem and been used as bait. If it helps you survive, it's good. It's all that needs to be said about it. Moash says, can can you teach it? Can you show us how to do what you do? I." I don't know if it can be taught. Yeah. I'm not certain what it is. Kaladin says, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Moash smiles. Yeah. Um, can you, can you do it? And, and, and Kaladin says, it's not a, it's not a feast day sport, Dre. I do like this though. I like this by Drehi because 
you know, in the moment on the shattered planes, everything's so overwhelming and they can almost not believe their eyes. But he's like asking, can you show us doing it right now? Like, so yeah. that we can just can like do it really right believe that it's yeah. true. I want to see it when I'm expecting it. It's not a feast day sport, Kaladin says. Yeah. I like Sigzil here. There's something going on, I feel, with Sigzil. Okay. Okay. When I, so when I first read this, I don't know what I caught on to. So maybe you can help me walk through it when we cover yeah. this next bit. But there's something in the text that I feel like I'm reading into or feeling with regards to Sigzil's questions being as pointed as they are. Okay. So not, not saying that, I mean, it could be completely innocuous, just like Sigzil's character, but there's, mm-hmm. so it starts here and Sigzil says, um, don't you think we deserve it? Right. After Drahi has asked for a demonstration and Kaladin and pauses. Then Cal and then actually he, uh, does the demonstration, right? He does. He yeah. He inhales sharply. Right. The sphere yeah. fades, um, begins to trickle from Kaladin's skin. The light is happening. Rock pulls out an old, uh, raggedy old blanket, covers over the fire to make it even more dark. Right. Um, for, for a few, for a few moments. In that darkness, Kaladin glowed pure white light rising from his skin. Right. And Drahi says, storms. Scar yeah. says, so what can you do with it? You, um, Scar says, you didn't answer. I'm not entirely sure what I can do with it. Yeah. I've, I've only known about it for a few weeks. I can draw arrows toward me and make rocks stick together. The light makes me stronger and faster and it heals my wounds. So this is, okay, this is what I want to cover. So yeah. Sigzel says, how much stronger does it make you? How much weight can the rocks bear after you stick them together? And how long do they remain bonded? How much faster do you get? Twice as fast? A quarter as fast? How far away can an arrow be when you draw it towards you? And can you draw other things as well? So completely different. Cal, and Cal's a little overwhelmed by the barrage of questions. He's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, but I, but I want... I, as a reader, first time reader, when I was reading that, I thought, well, how different is he from all the other men? Well, you know, like, like it, most people just want to be dazzled. Like, okay, show me okay, what's, what can you do? Like broad strokes, like, you know. So what, what's your instinct like, telling you about what Sigzil well, is getting I, at I here? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, can, I can tell you one thing just off the top of my head that, that I'm thinking is that, well, if Sigzil wanted to know, like mechanically um what the um uh, what the what the the parameters or limitations are of Kaladin's abilities yeah certainly makes it certainly makes it valuable information when trying to go up against Kaladin doesn't absolutely that you're totally right there um I think there's kind of a more uh, so, more basic answer here and I think it actually is in the test yeah. text um St- Carr says well it seems pretty important stuff to know Right. Like this, like limitations and stuff, right? And then yeah. Rock has, he's like, we can do tests. This is a good idea. We, we can do tests, right. And then he's like, and then Moash is all just concerned about being able to do it himself. He's like, maybe it'll help us figure out how we can do it too. He just keeps getting back to wanting to learn, right? Um, and Rock says, is is not the thing to learn. Is the Holendal for him only. Right. And then Tef says, well, you don't know that for certain. We don't know that it's just for him. Um. 
Yeah, I love this. You know, you don't know for certain. I don't know for certain. Eat your stew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Cal's like, this is the most important part for Cal. He's like, you can't tell anybody about this because they're going to be frightened of me and they yeah. might think I'm related to Voidbringers or the Radiance. So I need your oath on this. You're not going to say anything. Right? So they nod. Right. And then Scar's that, like, well, we want to help. If, even if we can't learn it, this thing is right. part of you. So right. it's part of us. We're bridge four, right? Four. Yeah, and then I this is that. the part here that I think I that love... you're looking for is Sigzil says, okay. excellent. I'll prepare a list of tests to gauge speed, accuracy, and the strength of these bonds you can create. We'll have to find right. a way to determine if there's anything else you can do. Right. And I read this, and Rock... I read this as a scholar. Yeah. Remember, Sigzil is a learned man. He is the, yeah, from, is for, what was it? Landy's apprentice from... of wit, right? He's a world singer. He is a, mm-hmm. he's Asia, mm-hmm. uh, he's um, from Azir, Asia, he's yeah. Asia. So yeah. they're very yeah. logical thinkers. So yeah. as soon as I'm just... the test idea come <laughs> up, this is why he wants to know all this stuff. He wants to collate this stuff into actual understanding. This would be like if Navani found a fa- Fabriel that she didn't know or about it. Or Yasna were a part of this. She'd, or Yasna yep. were yep. to uh, read yep. a text she's never read. Wanna write She'd want to break it down and, and collate yep. everything. So that's, okay, so that's, and document, right. whatever. So, okay, that's that's a noble way 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 to look at mm-hmm. it. And I think that you're probably right. That could be Sigzil, the man, the character. and and that, And if that's the case... Well, good for him because he's doing the difficult work in terms of, well, we don't really want this to be a mystery, do we? Right. Like, l- let's, let's, let's codify this. But your, let's make it. But your thoughts let's write it on, down and, on the suspiciousness of these questions should not be ignored either. I think that if you're feeling those feelings while reading well, it, I, they're I, valid, right? It's just, it's just what I was reading. It just, it just right. seems so different from the other men and mm-hmm. then. <clears throat> and then, of course, I was just thinking, well, why, why? And so my only thought was, well, that's pretty valuable information when it comes down right. to it. Like if you're going to, if you're going to collect exactly how many arrows he can collect and from what distance, well, if you were to give that information to an an enemy, mm-hmm. then if you have, if you have a, be very a storm like sure. absorbing, I mean, come on. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm just that, thinking uh, that it's, knowing I'm, I'm that Sigzil is a but... scholar, I think helps inform this, that this question. Right. Okay. 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 Good enough. You've satiated my concern, but I, but I reserve the right. I reserve the right to go. Aha. Right. If it turns this out. This is not an I, official prediction right. though. This is not an official prediction. Am I predicting that Sigzil is, is, is has nefarious for, reasons for, for wanting to know this information being there? Mm. No, I guess I won't. Okay, I won't good. accuse him. I feel like I'm good, playing Clue. I like I'm not accusing him with the. Uh, I'm not accusing him yet. It's a, a Sigzil on the shattered plains with a spear. Sigzil <laughs> on the shattered plains with the with the notebook. With the notebook. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so we end up with a really nice ending to this chapter here, where mm-hmm. Cal is relaxed. Well, he, we didn't. He. Re- <laughs> well, go ahead. Sorry, we, 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 we didn't say one of the funniest things where Rock's like, so after Sigzil's like, we'll have to find a way to determine if there's anything else he can do. And Rock says, throw him off a cliff. And then Pete says, what good will that do? If he has other abilities, this thing will make them come out, eh? Nothing like a falling from a cliff to make a man out of a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kaladin's like, 
it will be a small cliff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rock says, like Rock's the one who says, it, yeah. it will be a small cliff. Be I a... like you too much for a large yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I think you're joking, Kaladin says, but just to be safe, I'm sticking you to the ceiling tonight to keep you from trying to do any other experiments while I'm asleep. Yeah. That's great. Oh my God. Cal comes up with a joke. Yeah. He, yeah. You know what? That's a very important observation. Yeah. He actually yeah, makes a good does. joke. Yeah. Yeah. He jokes And the men back. love it. And yeah. That's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah so cool. the uh, the chapter and ends Lopin and says, uh, ca- oh sorry, go ahead. Just just he, uh, Lopin says, just don't glow too brightly while we're trying to sleep tonight, eh, Genjo? Yeah. <laughs> he's like a nightmare. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> he's like one of those glowworms we used to have in the eighties. Yeah, remember the glowworm? You want to turn that off, Cal? Jeez, oh, <laughs> I'm trying to sleep, Cal. I'll do my I'll do my best. He says. I like here though. He 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 thinks <clears> about the men yeah. they lost and how. You know, they lost Malop and Earless Jacks and Narm, but um, Bridge 4 protected hundreds of people. All the other bridgemen, all the men they saved from the like the Alethi that they saved. Um, and he's like, you know, and more personally, 27 men of his friends lived. 27 of his friends lived. And partially because of what he had done, mm-hmm. partially because of their own heroism, which is awesome. They did it themselves, right? And he's like, 27 men lived and he finally managed to save someone. And for now, that would have to be enough. That For now, that was enough. And I really like that. It's a really nice ending Me to this too. chapter. Yeah. Being together, eating rock stew, listening to the quiet chatter while the fire crackled and popped, yeah. sending dancing flakes of yellow light into the air. Yeah, it's nice, eh? Yeah. This was more relaxing than sleep could be, right. Calvin Yeah, it's says. nice. Under the sapphire moon, and you're right, he, he does go through all of that, and he finally managed to save some for now. That was enough. Yeah. Great ending of the chapter. What's what? Well, I've already said my highlight for this one. So what, what is your highlight for um, trust? My highlight is that we finally, I said at the beginning of this pod, but we finally get a conversation, a real conversation between these two characters. And right, there's, right. you pointed out, there's that moment where they look at each other. They know exactly why they each did their own deeds, why Bridge Fork came back to save them and why Dalinar gave up the shard blade. They both know because it was what was right and they, it, it goes unspoken. And this is that, yeah. um, did we just become best friends moment, right? Oh yes, they, they did. did become best friends. Big hugs. Big hugs. All right. So, uh, chapter 74, Ghost Blood. 74. Yes. Ooh. It's a short one, but it's a really this, cool one. And it's got a really scary, a really scary title. Ghost Blood sounds kind of like a, a goth band. Ghost Blood. I made a joke with a buddy yeah, at work the other yeah. day that I want to start a goth band with him, and the goth band name <laughs> will be called Be Positive. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's 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 original. Yeah, because it's like be positive, as in like the type <laughs> yeah. of blood, but also yeah, like blood. goths are can't be positive. So, oh yeah, I like it. I don't know, <laughs> goths can't be positive. Well, maybe <laughs> that's, I, mean, that's not, I don't want to insult the goths because like I I kind of yeah, like no, the the brooding. Goths are people too, right? Yeah. Goths are people. <laughs> goths are people too. God, I hope so. <laughs> to be honest, I find goth chicks really hot. It's not, I'm not, you know, I love my wife. I know. But man, goth I chicks, know. black lipstick, oh, bring it, bring it on. Um, All I got to say is the bovine, the bovine sex club in Toronto. Oh, there you go. Say no more. <laughs> say no more. Say no more. All right. Say so no more. 
So Shalon is, uh, um, we, we, we meet up with Shalon here in this chapter, and she's reading through all of Yasna's notes on the Voidbringers, which we find out a little yes. later, and we already knew from earlier in the book that she's already kind of looked through this book. <laughs> Yasna's like, she look, really has. look through yeah. my notes, and <laughs> Shalon's like, ah, I sort of already looked through your notes. She's already looked through the most important ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's barreling right ahead, and she basically comes to her her masterful conclusions. Yeah. Here. She says, you're, you're right. She says to Yasna, the Voidbringers are the parchment. I can see no other conclusion. Yeah. Yasna is smiling at this. Yeah. I like, so Shalon asks, I like in the what's, first, what's next? Sorry, I like in the first paragraph here where she's like, mm. um, she sat still in the alcove, though they'd mm-hmm. sent a parchment to get her a blanket to wrap herself. So they're literally just yeah. determined that the greatest evil in on Roshar, the Voidbringers, are actually parchment, and she's just asked when to go get her a blanket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's literally just asked Dracula or Frankenstein or, like, Well, a, certainly a, Sith. a threat. I mean... The Sith. Oh, excuse a, me, Sith. Can you go get me a blanket? My legs are cold. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a it's a sleeping threat. It, right. It, like, it's a really creepy way to look at their world because having incorporated Parshman so, um, I guess they're, I mean, so inextricably to their everyday affairs... Um. Although it, to me it's it's grotesque. It's it seems you know like the parchment are, you know like whipped whipped horses. Like the, you know they're just beaten into submission. Yeah, or so it seems to me. Yeah, I, I don't know, but they're absolute. They're like. just complete property, right? Like we found out earlier <clears throat> yeah, in the book that the ardents are property, but but not in the same way. Like the slave. I don't even no. know. Parshendi might be even worse than being owned and being a slave. They're like not even thought about. Well, that's. But you know that's what I, mean? what I mean. Like they're 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 broken. Like they themselves are broken. They have no right. spirit, no autonomy, no expression. So that seems, you know, really, really grotesque. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but you're right. In in addition to that, it's like they're looked at as even less than a slave. Right. Like at least with a slave, you you regard them, you count on them for this and that. Parchment are just. It's just complete. Just taking advantage of it. Like right. It's, it's it's like you've got these automatons, these these robots that you don't It's like that. consider. It's almost like yeah, robots it it, robot it servants. Is. Yeah. Robot servants. Yeah, this is this is uh maybe this is like, you know, this is I am robot like, you know. Cuz a slave like, master like Tavlakov that we met would might worry about the slaves a well-being and their um cuz he wants to be able to sell them right he might worry about their uh, their attitude towards him because he doesn't want them to revolt but he would never even think about parchment like that he would never even once right. think about oh i better treat my parchment well because they might revolt against me you know what i mean right. that's not in their 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 their, their no. wheelhouse yeah in their wheelhouse or in their in their thoughts yeah i i i'm really it's a really interesting way to look into the the next few books in terms of this this potential threat yeah. happening that's really really it it's unnerving and it and if it goes south mm-hmm. it could be very very dangerous yeah you you you've for, called for it a me. looming threat and i think i really like that uh, yeah. that terminology yeah. because yeah. we know it's almost like we know it's going to be a threat but we just don't know when don't know when right yeah it's really because cool. Because how, how how do you go about fixing it? Like so, even even if they crack, crack the they crack the case, you know, Nancy Drew yeah. and uh, and the Hardy Boys here yeah. figure it out. And 
even if they have all the information, okay, now what? Right. How do you dismantle this Parshman component to these to this multitudinous array of kingdoms? Right. You know, like. Well, most of society relies on them for for right. a lot, right? So how do you take them out right. of that societal? You know, I don't know. It's weird. If you if you if you perceive them as a threat, right. anyway. So, yeah, that's. Uh, but you're you're right. She's. Uh, I, I like I like her exchange with. I I like that. Yaz, I like that the girls are back in town. Me too. Me too. Ultimately, that's 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 my deal. Like, like talk about bread and jam. That's the Yaz. It's like chocolate and come peanut on. butter. These two. Yeah, come on, it's pe- yeah. peas, peas and, and carrots. carrots. Like, yeah, there you it's, go. It's it's, it's the girls. Yeah. And they're doing it. They're studying. Uh, the Parshendi attacked him, is what um, Shalon is saying. Killed him suddenly without warning. Yeah, they're and talking about Galabar here. Yep. Um, or Gavilar. That's what, that, I keep saying that wrong. Gavilar, yeah. Yeah, King Gavilar. That's what made you begin studying all this, isn't it? And Yasna says, those wild Parshmen, the Parshendi of the Shattered Plains, are the key. Mm-hmm. Shalon, the disaster awaiting us is all too real, all too terrible. I don't need mystical warnings or theological sermons to frighten me. I'm downright terrified in my own right. Right. So that's a little unnerving coming from Yasna. Um, because, you know, when you take a per, uh, an individual who has the most knowledge, or among those that have the most knowledge mm-hmm. and have things figured out, and they're nervous... Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's um, it it makes us more nervous because this is the person right. who's supposed to have all the information and is together. Right. Because if you have the information, I mean, if uh, if GI Joe taught me anything, knowing is uh, is, is something to do with the battle. That's half the battle. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that it? Was that the wisdom? Oh, look, right behind um, me is my, uh, oh, oh, my it's Snake half. Eyes oh. and uh, Storm Shadow poster right there. Yeah. G.I. Oh. Joe. It was half the battle, the, like the knowledge. Yasna goes um, on a nice little um, a nice little monologue here. Do you want to read some of this? Because it kind of lays out exactly yes, what we we're yeah. just talking about, about how like how integral the Parshendi are to like modern society. Yeah. They serve our food. Yasna continued. They work our storehouses. They tend our children. There isn't a village in Roshar that doesn't have some parchment. We ignore them. We just expect them to be there, doing as they do, working without complaint. Yet one group turned suddenly from peaceful friends to ferocious warriors. Something set them off, just as it did hundreds of years ago, during the days known as the heraldic epochs. There would be a period of peace followed by an invasion of Parshman, who for reasons nobody understood had suddenly gone mad with rage. This was what was behind mankind's fight to keep from being banished to damnation. This was what nearly ended our civilization. These were the terrible, repeated cataclysms that were so frightening, men began to speak of them as desolations. We've nurtured the Parshman. We've integrated them into every part of our society. We depend on them, never realizing that we've harnessed a high storm waiting to explode. I like that line. The accounts, I know, right? Harnessed a high high storm. Yeah, that's great. The accounts from the Shattered Plains speak of these Parshendi's ability to communicate among themselves, allowing them to sing their songs in unison 
when far apart. Their minds are connected like span reads. Do you realize what this means? It's really cool. Well, I think what it means is that, uh, well, Shalon here says we'd be devastated. Civilization as we know it would collapse. Mm -hmm. We have to do something. And she says we are. We're gathering facts, making certain we know what uh, we think we know. And how many facts uh, do we need? Shalon asks. And Yasna replies, more, many more. And this is what I loved oh. when I was reading this for the first time is yeah. um, that that we've exhausted our um, resources here in Carbranth. So I was mm-hmm. kind of interested in that because this was the place, you know, where everybody came to study. It had the most answers to offer. And yet Yasna's time here, effort here has, in her opinion, has come to an end. Right. So that's interesting. So where else can we go for answers? I really like this because it it leads us to new places. Right. Which is really cool. So it's the journey, right? Like uh, onto another destination right. or toward, towards another yep. de- uh, another destination. Um, right. So that's really cool. But, um, and then she asks her, are, are you sure, are you still certain that you want, you want to continue delving into this? It's a heavy burden that we will bear. You won't be returning to your estates for some time. Yeah. And, and Shalon agrees. Uh, even though she won't see her family for a while, she... Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I can't just abandon my brothers, but this Mm. is bigger than them. Right. Damnation. It's bigger than me or you or any of us. I have to help Yasna. I can't walk out on this. I'll find some other way to help my family. And I like this because she instantly realizes how big this is. Like, sure. If I go back, I can help my family survive like the, um, the, this, uh, lower lifestyle that they're about to have. Cause they're going to owe these people like a, a, a soul caster that they don't have to give. But right. none of that's going to matter if the whole world is destroyed by this new desolation. <laughs> no, that's right. right. That's very true. No, that's I want to. I want to just uh, uh, piggyback on your um, idea of um, we've exhausted mm. everything that can, a Carbranth can offer. Um, yeah, we've learned throughout this whole novel so far that um, historical records are very few and far between. Many different things happen. Desolations happen. Remember in the the vision um, that uh, uh, Dalinar has speaking to, to Nohadon, and he says that Yelignar completely slaughtered all of my scribesmen. Well, it's not right. so. There's like you know during these desolations, not just war is happening, but like destruction of property and fire, and so we're losing all kinds of information. So each time a desolation right. happens, right. the records of that time are being wiped right. out. They say mm-hmm. that you know the way of kings, the novel uh, by Nohadon, is one of the only things that survived from so long ago. They have very mm-hmm. few things that survived. So the fact that they came here and found a little bit of information in Carbranth, and now they've exhausted it, means mm-hmm. you know there's not a lot to get to pull from. But Yasna's right. like, we got to go. Well, there's literally nothing else to learn here. You know. Yeah, it's uh, it's neat. I'm really looking forward to finding out where they where they where they travel to next. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a big big deal for me. Um, they, I like what Yasna says here after she mentions about uh, not being able to leave her brothers, but um, but recognizing that it's bigger than than her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yasna says, "Good, then go pack your things. We're leaving tomorrow on that ship I charted for you." Um. Um. I like to think personally that Yasna kind of in the back of her mind kind of knew um, 
that Shalon was uh, going to be by, by her side on on this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know you endeavor. Do. I, I know you like I, to think I, that the Osna had it all figured I do, out. I do prefer that. Eventually... I prefer that. Yeah, I do. I, I think that. that she chartered her to go to Yakoved because she was like sending her away. But then now they're going to use that boat to go wherever it is that they need to go. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you want to believe that Yasna had it all figured out, you I can just, no, I know not all figured out. Just that she just had that, a gut, like a little bit of an instinct that Shalon would just that, just that, that maybe Yasna would realize that she can't do this alone. Shalon is the best that's come along. Right. Yeah, I think that I think absolutely that Yasna is probably happy that she has someone by her side during this time. The, I'm, mm-hmm. I've brought it up several times in this pod um, that um, Yasna is frazzled, she's tired, she's overworked, and so to have mm-hmm. someone as astute and someone who can like you know quickly uh, uh, um, catch on to scholarly stuff like like Shalon, it's going to help her mm-hmm. be able to figure shit out too. Yeah, yeah. And as for where they're going, we get it right here. She says, no, we need mm-hmm. to get to the center of it all. We're going to the Shattered Plains. We're going plains. to the Shattered Plains. Yeah. Yep. So I we know. have another That's convergence so awesome. about to happen, right? We need to find out the Pershendi were ever ordinary parchment, and if so, what set them off? Right. And we need to do it before someone else does, then uses it against us. Right. Shalon says, someone else? Are there others looking, uh, looking for this? Of course there are. Who do you think went so uh, to so much trouble to have me assassinated? Mm-hmm. There are many groups searching for these secrets. They call themselves the Ghostbloods, or one of these groups yeah. calls themselves the Ghostbloods. Your friend Capsule was one. We found their symbol tattooed on the inside of his arm. Three diamonds in a pattern, overlapping one another. Mm-hmm. We remember it was this, the right? Same symbol, yeah, the same symbol that Nan Balat had shown her weeks ago. The symbol worn by Luesh, her father's steward, the man who had known how to use the solo caster. The symbol that was worn by the men who had come pressuring her family to return it. The men who had been financing Shalan's father in his bid to become a high prince. Almighty above, Shalan whispers. She looked up. Yasna, I think. I think my father might have been a member of this group. Well, we knew there was some kind of a shady group that was trying to make her dad high prince, right? This, um, we knew this, but now there, they seem to be connected. Capsule was one of these dudes. Mm -hmm. Remember back in the book, um, Capsule said something like, oh yeah, I've heard about your dad. Yeah. He's fallen on some hard times. Yeah. And then I think I said, oh, Oh, Capsule seems really well, uh, well informed. Well, well informed on things. This is why, well, right? Because he's part of this, this group. Is why. I want to read you a quote here from a different chapter. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ghostbloods isn't. The, this isn't the first time we hear Ghostblood in this book. I want to read you the first time we do again. Okay, it's from sure. chapter fifty-one. This is the chapter when Amaram kills all of Cal's friends in the tent on the red yes. rug, and yes, Cal is the sitting there rug. waiting in the tent, and Amaram and his ardent come in. And this is what he's saying to him, okay? Amaram was walk, uh, talking to one of his storm wardens, a middle-aged man with a square beard and robes of deep black. And then this is what Amaram says. Why Thadakar would risk this, Amaram was saying, speaking in a soft voice. But who else would it be? The ghost bloods grow more bold. We'll have to find out who he was. Do we know anything about him? 
they're talking about the shard bearer that tried to kill Amram and Amram saying that the uh, the ghost bloods are growing more bold by sending so someone shard, to kill. So the shard bearer that tried to kill Amram was a ghost blood. He thinks, he thinks, yeah. Right. He's like, why, okay. why Thetakar would risk this? So Thetakar seems to be part of this ghost bloods. Right. And he says, but who else could it be but Thetakar? The ghost bloods grow more bold. So mm-hmm. who... Amaram is thinking that whoever sent the shard blade, uh, the shard bearer, was part of the ghost bloods. So, so th- right. and this was the first right. time we ever heard that term. Right. And now right. someone, the ghost bloods, has sent someone to kill Yasna. Yasna. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to make a little link there. What do you? What's yeah. your? Fa- uh, what's your highlight for this chapter? Um, the, uh, highlight for ghost blood, I think for me, I think it's just, um, having these two girls together. Yeah. I mean, just, just the fact that they're, they're, um, researching together. Uh, Shalon is, you know, um, barreling ahead. Yasna is impressed. Um, they're planning this trip. I think that for me is the is the highlight. Mm-hmm. Reunited and, and it feels so good. <laughs> I don't have an alternative title for this one. I'll say that Ghost Blood is um, is very apropos in terms of yeah. Um, My highlight, I think, the con- is the, the fact that Shalon just received information that Parshmen are potentially the biggest bads in the world, and she sent one to go get her a blanket. <laughs> I think that's just yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my god, Yasna, this is terrifying. Excuse me, sir. Get me a blanket. Yeah, can you? Can I have a glass of milk? <laughs> <laughs> 24 degrees please um yeah it's 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 crazy um when you think about it like you you would think that there would might might have been some hesitation right in her even to deal with them or thing yeah well i mean i i think that that is something that that could be maybe more easily conveyed in an animated version of this or a a, a, obviously in a a film or tv series sort of version of this you could maybe show that in the character in, in Shalon's right. nervousness. Yeah. Right. When asking for the blanket, like, you know, she, she, she might go and ask for something and then <laughs> pauses for a second and then you can, you can really illustrate yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, um, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 a, it's a fun, it's a funny moment for sure. Yeah. I like, I like the fact that just the girls are together. They're going on the ship. It's important. Um, you know, they've made up and here. now they're working Actually, together. You know what? I think, I think my highlight, you know what, I'll, I'll have a second highlight for this little chapter, and that is sure. that they, that they've that Yasna is stating that they've exhausted Carbranth. Yeah, the like, repository really of all knowledge in the world. Oh uh, yeah, it's kind of like saying, oh, you know, it, you know, uh, the 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 um, uh, not the Smithsonian. Well, yeah, like it's it's just like yeah. be, being being done with. Oh yeah, I, I've read everything on the internet. It's time to. <laughs> the internet has nothing for internet. us now. Yeah. yeah, it's got nothing. It's got nothing for us anymore. We we, we have it to. It makes go sense though. That. They've literally done all the research they can do. Now they got to go to the source, right? Which makes sense. They have to actually go and investigate the Parshendi, because this know, is the evidence like, that they that really mean? need. Like, are we talking? Are we talking about them like crossing 
battle lines who, and like who knows dude like that that would be really cool if Yasna would go to that extent of like I'm gonna go live among them if there's anybody that's bold enough to do that it is Yasna oh, Kola yeah be Yasna oh that'd be so amazing yeah I hope I hope that's I hope that's a component chapter 75 in the top room um another short one but man oh man do we ever get a big bomb drop here well this is this is the last chapter of the book technically yeah because we still have the epilogue to do which we'll do on our finale but um this is the last chapter this This is is it this is it it took a long time to get here in terms Mm -hmm. of this podcast but wow in the top room yeah in the top room the high storm yeah powerful enough to make rocks groan I absolutely love Mm -hmm. that Navani huddles close to Dalinar holding on to him she smells wonderful yeah she does her joy at having him back was enough to dampen for now her fury at him for how he'd treated Elokar yeah but it needed to be done he is still having these thoughts of these visions having lied to him. Right. Or having misled him. That is weighing so heavily on, on Dalinar. Yeah. He takes a deep breath, he opens his eyes, finds himself in a palace, I'm sorry, in a place of smoke. Right. The sky is dark, stands on a field of dull bone white rock. And stares off into eternity. Beside him appears a figure of a man in uniform, silent and vaporous. I love this. He, um, yeah, he, he quickly comes to realize here that um, he recognizes this. He's been right. in this vision before. Right. Um, he realizes... This is the first vision he ever had. But it was so right. long ago that he treated so it like a ago. dream. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He and it was only like later on when he realized I'm having these fucking visions. I better pay attention to shit and like try to actively <laughs> do stuff in there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You must unite them. A powerful voice boomed. Just a voice. Right. <clears throat> Speaking from all around him. Why did you lie to me, Dalinar says, demanding of the open darkness? I did what you said, and I was betrayed. Unite them. The sun approaches the horizon. The everstorm comes. The true desolation. The night of sorrows. You must prepare. Build of your people a fortress of strength and peace. A wall to resist the winds. Cease squabbling and unite. I need, I need answers, Dalinar says. I don't trust you any longer. If you want me to listen to you, you'll need to. And the vision changes. He was still on an open plain of rock, but the normal sun was in the sky. A stone field, looking like an ordinary one on Roshar. Sorry, you added that to build them of a wall. You, bu- you added that to the, the text, right? No. Where did you read that? 
Build of your people a fortress of strength and peace, a wall to resist the winds. Where is that? Uh, on the uh, paperback, page 1242. And in the... Is that after you unite right? them, the sun approaches, the horizon, the everstorm comes, the true desolation, the night of sorrows? Yep. Is that in the yep. same paragraph? Yep. I don't have that. You don't have that in the uh, in I don't the, have in that. hardcover. No, mine goes, yes. unite them, the sun approaches, the horizon, the everstorm comes, the true desolation, the night of sorrows. I need answers, Dalinar says right away. I don't trust you any longer. If you no. want me to listen to you, you'll need to, and then he gets cut off, cut off because the vision vision changes. Huh. An, an omission or, or an error or something. Yeah, between some the kind texts. of uh, copy error or something. Well, this, well, I, we, should, we should probably stop here because this yeah. is a lot. So... He's, he's hearing this voice um, come from the sky. The Everstorm is coming, the, the true desolation, the Night of Sorrows. So three different ways of describing right. it. You must prepare, you must build a fortress of strength, build a wall um, to resist the winds. Um, what do you make of that? Or actually, I suppose you already know. Um, what do I make of it? Well... <laughs> <laughs> nice question to yourself there, Jack. Nice question to myself. Um, well, I, I, it's funny to be reading this in recent times because building a wall certainly wouldn't necessarily be my first choice. Right. Um, however, because we're dealing, we're not, uh, we're not here. We're on Rashar, and uh, to resist the winds. And I also must question what a wall means. Is it like a literal wall or are we talking something else? I think, I think it might be more meta metaphorical, a metaphorical wall, something to protect the people. I'm right. Mm -hmm. uh, As we've just explained, I don't have that piece in my, um, Right. But we have yeah. heard this statement in other visions from Dalinar earlier in the book. Right. The, um, um, the vision does he's change. He's not having though. it. This is, this is, this is interesting that he's like, you know, he's being told what to do, you know, uh, uh, build an ark. There's a, there's a, there's a storm coming. Um, yeah. it's going to rain forever. So build an ark. And he's like, you know what? I don't trust you, man. <laughs> like yeah. he, he's almost like, he's almost he sounds like the dude. He's uh, Jeff Bridges. Like, listen, man, like, <laughs> you don't just, like, slow down, man. Like, you've been tell showing me these visions and things. Like, geez, this aggression won't, won't stand, man. Like, you got you to gotta be clear about the, you got to be, you know, uh, for the sake of, for the sake of brevity. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. But you're um, right. He's like, I need answers, dude. Like, I need, I need some answers, man. Could you just fuck off with the Everstorm comes stuff and just tell me, yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then before he gets to even finish his sentence, the uh, yeah. the scene changes, right? The scene changes, and then he's on this other landscape. No plants, not even rock buds, just yeah. an empty landscape filled with broken stones. Mm -hmm. And there he sees Kolinar. Yeah. His home, the capital city of Alethkar, and it had been destroyed. Yeah. Beautiful buildings shattered, wind blades cast down, no bodies 
just broken stone. What do you make mm-hmm. of this? Yeah, it's, this wasn't it looks like, like the it's been destroyed seen before. Completely destroyed. I cannot fight him any longer. The voice says. Dalinar jumps. Yeah, he, Dalinar. Sorry, side. Dalinar thinks he's like. You know, there was no rock formations like the ones he stood near Colinar uh, Cal- Cal- no. in the real world. Th- these visions, he's seen Colinar in the past. This isn't the right. past. He's like, he thinks to himself, is this a vision of the future? Right. And then he hears yeah, the voice, right. I cannot fight him any longer beside him. And there is a man standing there now. Right. He had dark skin and pure white hair. Mm-hmm. Tall, thick of chest, but not massive. He wore exotic clothing of a strange cut, loose billowing trousers and a coat that came down only to his waist. And both seemed made of gold. And Who this is you? when he... Well, this is when Dalinar realizes, yeah, you know what? This very thing has happened before. I actually remember this is my first vision. This is when he realizes it. Right. He's like, God damn it. This happened before. In this very first vision, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are you showing me these visions? You can see it there, the figure says. If you look closely, it begins in the distance. Dalinar uh, appears annoyed. Yeah, he looks in he that couldn't... direction, and he couldn't really see anything, right? No. He says, storm it. Won't you answer my questions for once? What is the good of all of this if you just speak in riddles? The man didn't answer, and he just kept pointing. Yeah. And yes, something was happening. There was a shadow in the air approaching, a wall of darkness, like a high storm, only wrong. Wrong in italics again. In italics, yeah. Yeah. At least tell me this, Delaner says, what time are we seeing? Is this the past, the future, or something else entirely? The figure didn't answer immediately. But then he said, you're probably wondering if this is a vision of the future. Yeah, and then Dalinar's like, dude, I just, I fuck, I just fucking, and then he's like, wait a minute. Holy shit, this is familiar. I've gone through this already. And then he thinks, he said that exact same thing last time. Mm -hmm. This has all happened. I'm seeing the same vision again. Mm -hmm. And then this guy starts to talk again. I cannot see the future completely. Cultivation. She is better at it than I. It's as if the future is a shattering window. The further you look, the more pieces that window breaks into. The near future can be anticipated, but the distant future, I can only guess. You can't hear me, can you, Delinar asks. You never could. This is when he realizes it, dude. This is that moment that explains so much. He's like, blood of my fathers. He's not ignoring me. He can't even see me. He doesn't speak in riddles. It just seems that way because I took his responses as cryptic answers to my questions. He didn't tell me to trust Sadius. I just assumed he did. Right? Right. So when he says, trust and honor, I don't know exactly what the quote is. When he says, should I trust Sadius? That guy's response was always going to be the same. Dalinar's like, should I try rock bud ice cream? Trust and honor. Like you, you know what I mean? Like it would have always, Dalinar could have said anything. 
It was always going to be the same response. Rock but Ben and Jerry's on Rush Hour. Mm. Um, <laughs> creme, and, creme and Rock Bud. It's a... Uh... It's a uh, uh, Malap and Dunny's ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Malap and Dunny's. Um, he didn't... He, everything, sorry, everything seemed to shake around Dalinar. He, his preconceptions, what he thought he knew, the ground itself, that is what could happen, the figure says. Right. It's what I fear will happen. It's what he wants, the true desolation. Mm-hmm. No, that wall isn't the air. It was a high storm. It wasn't rain, but blowing dust. What do you make of that? Um, I or mean, I, I know exactly what to I... make of it. What do you think of it? Of what do you dust? make of it? It wasn't make rain making that enormous shadow. It was but blowing dust. So what he thought at first might have been rain isn't. Mm-hmm. Just powerful winds blowing dust. I'm not sure what to make of that. Yeah. Now, Dalinar's starting to remember this vision in full now. And the figure says, I'm sorry to do this to you. By now, I hope that what you've seen has given you a foundation to understand. But I can't know for certain. I don't know who you are or how you have found your way here. And then Dalinar goes to speak, but he doesn't really doesn't know what to say. And the guy, the guy says, most of what I show you are scenes I've seen directly, but some right. such as this one are born out of my fears. So he's not seeing the future. Whoever this thing is, right. is showing him what he fears will happen. A possibility. Right. right. Yeah. If I fear it, then you should too. So there's this moment here where the ground starts shaking and then mm-hmm. everything starts breaking away, almost like the shattered plains and all the land starts to crack. And then just this one wall yeah, of dust, just this one section that they're standing on remains and everything else falls down impossibly low into like the, into nothingness. So that the only thing that's left over is this, like this, like little platform that they're standing on. I really want to uh, mention one thing. The bottom of page uh, 1244 in the paperback. So Dalinar gasps. So after the ground falls away, mm-hmm. this, this wall of dust. I mean, the wall of dust conceivably should be being pushed by wind. Right. I don't know that for sure, but... Um, Dalinar gasps. The very rocks ahead were shattering, breaking apart, becoming dust. He backed away as everything began to shake, a massive earthquake accompanied by a terrible roar of dying rocks. Mm-hmm. So I underline dying rocks because I think it has, it has come up before in this, um, in this book, uh, sort of suggesting that the inanimate is alive, that rocks are somehow, um, living mm-hmm. and I, I just wanted to highlight that because I'm, I'm, I'm not sure um, but I think it's interesting the roar of dying rocks why word it that way yeah I think it gives um, weight to the scene and it makes it feel like yeah. like the land is dying underneath this yeah. storm yeah you know 
and um, yeah. by by um, what do you call that um, <clears throat> when you make something inanimate um, sent- yeah you make it like have like a personality or whatever yeah and, 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 and morphic yeah so, so by doing Actually, that I think, yeah sorry go ahead well I mean I was just curious I, I I've always wondered about whether or not um because there appears to be more to everything that we learn about this world. Right. Not just the people that occupy it and, the, and their culture and their efforts, but also the landscape itself. Like we, we learn so much about the plants, the way that they interact with this, with the high storms and even the rocks themselves. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just can't help but wonder if there's a story um, even there. Right. Um, Delinar realizes that, that this thing is like, a journal that these visions are like whoever this person is left. We're going to find out in like two seconds here who this person is. Right, right. But right. Um, like Dalinar says, you know, uh, where is it? These visions, they're like a journal, aren't they? A history you wrote, a book you left behind, except you don't read it. I see it. I see it. Yeah. The yeah. figure looks into the sky and says, I don't even know if anyone will ever see this. Right. I am gone. I am gone. You see, mm-hmm. this isn't just about you either. Right. The figure says, raising his hand into the air. No, this it's is an about important all part. of them. Now, this is an important part here. Okay. Um, a light winked out in the sky. One that Dalinar mm-hmm. hadn't realized was there. Then another winked out as well. The sun seemed to be growing dimmer. So this isn't right. just about Roshar. This right. is about all the Cosmere. Right. There's a moment in so the book these earlier. these lights winking out, are these, are these potentially other stars or other... Uh, other places, other, you know, other, no other things happening in the Cosmere. Hmm. Remember Wit said that, um, hmm. that even uh, Elokar's delicious feasts aren't delicious enough to keep me from the Cosmere's uh, worries? That there's so much that, that Wit has to worry about in all of the Cosmere that um, he can't stay just because the food's good. Do you know what no, I mean? Remember the, no. It's earlier he has a, in the... He has a, he has a, he has a Cosmere, uh, Cosmere of sarcasm to dish out. Oh, hey-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah, this is... Be, I can't just be, you know, uh, sarcastic and... and uh, I just and, like this uh, line here because it implies the larger series that Brandon Sanderson yeah. has written this Cosmere this this like uh, universe as it were of uh, of things happening and he's like this isn't just about you or this planet right and he's like there right. are other things happening in other places and these lights are winking out yeah that's right. that's um, that's bizarre it, obviously I really want to know who he's talking about he says it's about all of them the figure right. says I should have realized he'd come for me right so somebody came for this figure Right. And he says that he's already gone. Yeah. And he's, Delinar's like, who are you? Clearly not not going to get a response right now because he's not talking to the guy. But then the guy says... I leave this. Yeah, go ahead. I leave this because there must be something. A hope to discover. A chance that someone will find what to do. Do you wish to fight him? Delinar says, yes. I don't know who he is. But if he wants to do this, then I will fight him. Someone must lead them. Mm-hmm. I will do it, Dalinar says. The words just came out. Someone must unite them. I will do it. Someone must protect them. 
I will do it. The figure was silent for a moment, and then he spoke in a clear, crisp voice. Life before death. Yeah. Strength before weakness. Journey before destination. Speak again the ancient oaths, and return to men the shards they once bore. He turned to Dalinar, meeting his eyes. The night's radiant must stand again. <laughs> I cannot comprehend how this can be done, Dalinar says, but I will try. Men must face them together, the figure said, stepping up to Dalinar and placing a hand on his shoulder. You cannot squabble as in times past. He's realized that you, given time, will become your own enemies. That he doesn't need to fight you. Not if he can make you forget. Make you turn against one another. Your legends say that you won. But the truth is that we lost. And we are losing. Who are you? Dalinar asks again. Voice softer. I wish I could do more, repeated the figure in gold. You might be able to get him to choose a champion. He is bound by some rules. All of us are. A champion could work well for you, but it is not certain. And without the dawn shards, well, I have done what I can. It is a terrible, terrible thing to leave you alone. Who are you? Dalinar asks again. And yet he thought he knew. I am. I was. God. The one you call the Almighty. The creator of mankind. The figure closed his eyes. And now I am dead. Odium has killed me. I am sorry. And that's the chapter's end. Yeah. Wow, eh? <laughs> not the ending I was anticipating at all. No. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm God, I the was, one you I call was, Almighty, I was quite... the creator of mankind, <laughs> and now I'm dead. And now I'm dead. Yeah. Well, I think there were some other poets that were... Uh, um, I think actually, actually, you know what? It's funny that I'm wearing my Nine Inch Nails t-shirt right now while we do this podcast. Why? Because God is dead. Well, it's a Nine Inch Nails song, isn't it? God is dead. Oh, yeah, that's no true. No one cares. If there is a hell, I'll see you there. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> and on that on that cheery note, <laughs> on that note, I'm sure. I think Trent meant well when he when he was talking about things like that. I think so. I think he was being. He, he uh... was trying to cheer us up. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I mean, this is this is major. So what what are your? I mean, there's so much to talk about here. Um, there's so I'm much trying to, talk to find about. something I, here. I want to. In the top room, what do you make of this? In the top I, uh, I make a room. lot of it. The chapter name for me has become very cryptic. I'm not sure what they mean. It could mean the final, the final place where you get your answer. Like yeah. after climbing all the stairs in the, um, in your effort to find knowledge, I know that there's this there's imagery of that throughout um, stories um, climbing to a different level of understanding and the stairs that are required to get you there. Um, in the top room, I mean, 
we we go from him being held by Navani to then having a vision. And he's not in a room. He's out in the open. Yeah. Looking into eternity, being shown the, the potential ruin of Kolinar. What do you think of in the top room? Um, it's it's or weird what because can you, what can you tell me that about the um, about the actual title or just about this chapter? About the title because I I was trying to work it out like. Yeah. Um. Hmm. The title feels like. What does like, it mean? It feels like. Yeah. Um. To be honest, I don't know. I feel like there might be a reference to them standing on the top of the building, looking down, and Could so be. that's the location of where they were when they're having this good discussion. Yeah. But yeah, I don't feel like that's right. I feel like Sanderson's making a. Um, a more important point here and um, I really don't have an answer for it okay well that was one of my one of my questions about this um, this chapter um, I do like the, the fact that the voice um, was answering was well sorry rather was not answering Dalinar's questions yeah so like that that's was that's a, a really cool, a cool, a cool um, thing that was a cool yeah, thing it's to really, find really out. Neat. But then to get to the end and then you, you're having a conversation with the Almighty. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big, that's a pretty big conversation. That's a pretty big one to yeah. have. Um, so, yeah. So there's a couple of things I want to point out here in this chapter, okay? The first one is that he says, yep. um, this voice here says, mm-hmm. where is it? So he's talking about he, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. He said he, and at the end he says, Odium has killed me. I am sorry. Okay. Right. So um, he says he. So Odium he, could be the person. He, yes. He seems to be Odium. He also mentions a right. she in here. He says, the figure squinted at the horizon. I cannot see this, the future completely. Cultivation. She is better at right. it than I. So there's this new concept, a female known as cultivation. Okay. And then he, uh, not he as in the uh, odium he, but um, the person that Dalinar is talking to is the almighty. What these people, the humans call the almighty God. So we have these new terms and these new kind of um, mm-hmm. things to talk about, right? Um, if I could, just I hope that cultivation it. has something to do with um, with uh, the way in which um, the plants and and um, organisms, um, I guess, flourish and ultimately react with the hardships. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Like uh, it, it, it's a it's a kind of a pointed term cultivation because they have a really hard time cultivating anything on this planet right they do it's not easy for them uh, well uh, we have seen examples of of you know great gardening and <clears throat> and um and they do manage to grow food yeah and 
and and have food. So they are managing, um, but at great at great difficulty, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like the high storms make it easy. So. So I want to read you yeah, here it's, it's, uh, a little excerpt, excerpt from chapter 46, an, an Child of Tanavast. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, um, he's, this chapter, he's in the storm flying over top of Roshar, remember? Right. He's going, going all across the, Roshar. Now, hang on. Is this Cal, is this Kaladin? Or is Kaladin, this, yeah. Kal is, is Kaladin, riding the yeah, storm right. all across right. Roshar. He ends with seeing Zeth kill the king in Eerie. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of that vision or whatever it is that he experienced, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. voice says to him, child of Tanavast, child of honor, child of the one long since departed. The oath pact was shattered. Men ride the storms no longer. The oath pack is broken, child of honor. And then Cal's like, I don't understand. And then the voice says, Odium comes, most dangerous of all the 16. You will now go. And then he says, wait, why is there so much war? Why must we always fight? And then the voice says, Odium reigns. So... That's the other time we had the word odium right. as a odium, character, yeah. not just like the actual like adjective of odium, but like the, an actual name for something called so, odium. So in this story, odium is one of 16. Yes. Odium comes so, most dangerous of all the 16. Most dangerous and has managed to destroy the almighty, the God, the almighty. Right. So this, this story is dealing with, these characters are dealing with the fact that their almighty is dead. Yes, but they don't know it. Well, no one knows it, but Dalinar now. Right. Wow. So the scope pretty, of it yeah, just got much bigger. Oh, much bigger. Yeah. It just turned into a, you know, a me- metaphysical, um, super adventure yeah it's crazy do you have that's really neat. it's really cool eh it's really cool yeah i mean i had to i had to think about it quite a bit when i first read it because i wasn't sure you know whether they were being literal but i think i think it's literal i think that god is dead the almighty is dead mm-hmm. in this world well they've been has been has been destroyed mm-hmm. and and but i suppose one thing is that the concerns of this God, of this Almighty, yeah, which is which is interesting, right? Because when when we when we think of and use words like Almighty and God, we tend to, as humans, associate omnipotence, right? Right. So how how could there be an odium? Right. How could there be a, a Thanos or or Creed right. that destroyed rock and roll? Um, nice. So joke. you're saying that um, Odium <laughs> Creed, Creed, Creed is the same destroy. as a late '90s. Well, I faux just remember Lenny Kravitz declaring Lenny, Lenny declared that rock and roll was dead, and he did so. I think it was '93 um, when he released. Oh, geez, well, are you going to go my way with the Circus? The album Circus. Um, and I remember when that when that album came out, it was right at the height of grunge. Um, 
And I remember th- just thinking, no, nah, Lenny, you can't, you can't be right. No, no, this can't. Yeah. We're at the beginning yeah. of this grind, this revival. We're at the beginning. Right. And in some ways, I think Lenny Kravitz really hit it on the head. There was a, I mean, I was still, I'm, I don't think rock is really and truly dead, of course. No. Um, but I think that what maybe Lenny Kravitz was saying was that, like, rock and roll had already been shot in the gut. And we all know from movies that being shot in the gut takes a long time to die. So when he said rock is dead, <laughs> is clearly, dogs. look, rock yeah. just got shot in the gut. Rock is going to die. Yeah, Mr. Orange. Mr. Orange is down. So Rock's got in that sense, um, <laughs> rock and roll Roshar has had its God, the almighty killed by this other thing. And yeah. now it's yeah. having to fight its own battles type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating, it's a really interesting way to now experience these characters, right. whether they, whether they adhere or admonish a God or not, mm-hmm. they appear to be living in a world where their God or, or gods uh, mm-hmm. are not, um, they're not protected. Right. They're not omniscient. I mean, they if if it can be destroyed, it it really it really calls uh, into question. Um, yes, there's 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 so many things I, I'm wondering about. Of course, yeah, so of it's, course. It's I mean, fasc- this is the end of the book that you're supposed to be wondering. Way to end it. Yeah, this is fascinating. It's yeah. just fascinating. It's a great way to end the book. Yeah. Um, I, of course, am just you know very anxious to start into the, into the next book right. but we got to do an epilogue yeah we still so. have to do the epilogue we'll um, do that next no, episode this was a marvelous marvelous way to end the book I really enjoyed it so um highlight do you have a highlight for this chapter highlight uh jeez well I mean what what piqued my curiosity most ironically was the title right in the top room yeah I, I really I I really am wondering what the reference is there unless i missed it in the text like in terms of i don't think you did because i didn't miss it either if if so let's throw this out to the listeners if you guys are listening have any idea what in the top room is referring to please get a hold of us you know get a hold of us on any of the stuff that i say at the end of the the episode um Mm -hmm. yeah I'm, i'm a little flabbergasted about it too and i don't think i noticed how it didn't fit until you brought it up just now, like I, I had, you know. Well, like I said, the the, the only the only way I've I worked it out in my head was after after I read it and then I read God is Dead. I went, wow, this mm-hmm. is this is this is huge. And then I thought about it and I went back to the beginning and, the, and I read the chapter again. But I started with the title and I went in the top room, and right. I thought, and all I could think of was just that in in that journey to seek knowledge and to get your answers, you climb the stairs. And you learn along the way, and then the top room I thought was maybe representative of a a plateau, so to speak, which they were on. Right, which is he finally gets the and, answers he was looking for, or some of them, anyways. Right, right. and that's the top room. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, I'm willing to go and back that up because that makes way more sense than anything that I had. Um, I literally thought yeah. it was just well, they're at the top of this thing or whatever, and that's it. Yeah, but yeah, I like yours better. Glorious. 
glorious. I really have to. I mean, this is this. I have to. I have to give my applause to Brandon, Mr. Sanderson, because this this was an amazing end to this book. Yeah, it's great. Your highlight. Oh, my highlight is um, that Dalinar finally gets some realization that he, you know, he he didn't understand the visions. Um, and I also like the fact that he realizes the visions mm. are starting over now. He's back to the first one. And I think that for me, right. I like that it implies that Dalinar will be going through all the visions again and reliving them a second time, knowing more now than he did the first time he went through them, you know? Huh. So it implies that he'll That's be, if this is the first one again, these visions aren't going right. to stop. I, I wouldn't think they haven't given us any indication that they're going to stop. So Dalinar now yeah. is going to go through them again. And, uh, with a deeper like understanding, with a deeper understanding uh, of what they mean and knowing yeah. that, oh, you know what? I don't think I teased out all the information out of these visions that I could have because I was sleeping wow. on the first few wow. and not really right. truly understanding what it means. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. You know what I like? <sighs> Info dumps. I like info dumps. I like it when I have information at the end of the book, <laughs> at the end of the pod. Give me some more. Give me some more of your info Give dump. More. Give me some more. So one of the cool things here is that we've got a little bit of a correction from ourselves. This is like a fact check almost for us. Is um, oh. Kaladin is getting the authority of a light mm -hmm. eyes of the fourth dawn. And we had yes. assumed all book that dawn was only a term used for dark eyes. And this is the first time we get a uh, dawn used for light eyes. Okay. I, I didn't catch that. Yeah. So I had said in a previous episode, I think to you that, oh, right. dawn right. ranking is only for dark eyes because we had never for had it attached okay. to a light eyes yet. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so this is the first time cool. we get that. Um, and then. Uh, I like that. Yeah. That's it. That's the only one. We only have one that's info dump. Info. Yeah. We covered everything else. Yeah, well, everything else was, well. um, I mean, it, there's a lot yeah. of information here, but I mean, I think we went through it all. Um, let's not, uh, Let's. you know what? Let's just repot everything. We'll just talk about it all over again. <laughs> no, I've got to get onto words. I've got to read words of Yes. Okay, so um, this is our officially last episode of the season. Uh, we are going to do a wrap-up pod um, that'll come out next week. And it, we're going to do a couple of little things. We're going to cover the small epilogue um, that ends the book. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about, yes. you and I are going to talk about kind of your overall uh, sense of the book, whether you liked it or not. I think you did, but we'll kind of get into the oh. ideas of whether you liked it or not. Um, gush, gush, a gush. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we're actually going to have a special guest on the show, uh, Joel from Colorado, one of the patron members, to come on and talk about whether or not you are in the winning or the losing column of your predictions. He's going to do a like a tale of the tape <laughs> uh, predictions theories Great. thing. He's been amassing Great. all predictions that you've been saying throughout the whole season. Um, and he's making a list of them. So he's going to come on and quickly run down all your predictions and say, right, wow. wrong, or undetermined. Wow. So yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess that I'm going to be, I don't know, maybe half and half. I think that the way it's going to work out, this is just my prediction of the predictions segment, but my, <laughs> my, my prediction of the prediction segment is that my prediction you're, you're going to have more wrong than right. But the ones that you're right on okay. are going to be such big, important predictions that I right. think that it'll end up balancing itself out. Ah, uh, okay. Well, there you go. 
Yeah. <laughs> if uh, you want to be a patron member, you can go to Heroes of, uh, or you can go to patreon.com slash heroes of. And uh, if you just pay $1 a month on our Patreon page, you can gain access to early, uh, early access to shows. Um, and we do bonus uh, material on there too. Um, all kinds of, we will send you a nice little care package with some neat little things we can send you in the mail for pretty cheap. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to be part of that, go to patreon.com slash heroes of. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so at heroes of a cat at gmail.com or you can also get a hold of us on twitter at heroes of one or you can search for the storm pod on instagram which is probably the best way to get a hold of us i don't spend too much time on twitter mm-hmm. but i'm always on facebook on uh on uh instagram we love uploading DD stuff too and chatting with a bunch of DD people on there it's really yeah. fun um but yeah if um i don't know dude this is it man it's been a long time coming it's been a long time. Yeah. But again, I've said it several times throughout the podcast, but thank you so much for uh, inviting me to uh, read The Way of Kings. Oh, dude, thank you very much for accepting and, and doing this with me because I know that it's, uh, it's a lot. We, it, dude, it took us like seven months to read a book, so... Or however long it took us, so a long time. Yeah, so, but but we but it's the way we're doing yeah. it too that took that took the time. Well, I appreciate you, and I appreciate but, our listeners, and uh, oh, I yeah. uh, no, I, I, I love you. Bro. Yeah, I love you too, man. It's and uh, we love you out there. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon. To all the Spren heads, <laughs> much love. Take care, everybody. Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of Theme Song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack, Jay, Phil, Mike, and Sean, the heroes of Hakathra.